is uh, Matthew 21, verses 42 to 46. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. May God's words shape and form us. Well, again, welcome to Renew, and uh, we are building up towards our launch, which is, when is our launch, which is our grand opening celebration? Next week, yes! And so, I was telling Erica, this is the calm before the storm, so everyone, if you're sick, you stay home, if you got a place to travel to, you're traveling there, because next week, what are we doing? Inviting our friends, right? Inviting our friends to our grand opening celebration. And so that's awesome. Um, but I keep, I keep tripping over this thing. Why is it here? I gotta, I gotta move it. <laughs> oh, my back. Uh oh. Oh, the wheel! The wheel! <laughs> All right. Gosh, got to talk to the janitor about that. Um, we do have a janitor. Um, so, chapter 21 of Matthew, we're following the lectionary, and usually this area of Matthew is um, read and studied during Lent, during uh, especially the passages right at the top of chapter 21 is... Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which marks kind of the beginning of the end, right? This great conflict, this great tension, the two, two kingdoms and two ideas coming and clashing like waves, right? Coming against each other. Jesus and what he's about, ushering in the kingdom of heaven, and then the temple system as it was, the Pharisees, the religious rulers, um, and Jesus, coming into Jerusalem, he comes with a lot of fanfare. You remember, um, if you can just hit the next slide, the atmosphere, it's an atmosphere of tension, but the crowd and the people in the city are all astir, right? They're so excited because who is this Jesus? Who is this person that comes with authority and speaks to our heart, speaks love and grace and mercy? He touches people and they're healed. Right? He touches people's eyes and they see. He lifts people up and they walk again. So Jesus, the people see Jesus, experience Jesus, and they know clearly this person is from God. This person is good. This is good news. This is the gospel. So Jesus is coming into Jerusalem with the gospel and it says that the religious leaders, the chief priests and the elders of the people are indignant. So just, just the contrast of that. On the one side, people are celebrating 
People are excited. They're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. On the other side, the chief priests are indignant. They're like, oh, I can't stand this guy. Why are people so happy? Right? And they, they come to challenge him. And one of the images in chapter 21 that I just love is right after Jesus, well, that's another image. Jesus throws everyone out of the temple, overturns tables and money changers, and says, don't make my house, my father's house, right, a place for money changers, a place for corruption, a place where you, you deny access, free access to people who are coming to worship the living God. You're denying access to them by selling things at exorbitant prices. Injustice, and, and we talked about last week how Jesus is protesting in the temple, right? He's occupying the temple. So he's just cleansed the temple. He's protesting. But afterwards, after he's cleared out the money changers and all of the marketeers, there's basically a healing service that happened. It says all the people who needed healing, all the lame, the crippled, came to him to be healed. And the image that I love is that the children were shouting. The children were shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! Can you just imagine the children are all out of this place? But if they were in this room, in the sanctuary, and they are running around, on my tendency, if my son is running around the sanctuary, especially this morning, he was wrestling my daughter right here, and something in me just tightened up, right? It tightened up as like, what if new people come and they see you wrestling on the ground here? And he had his shoes off and they were flung around. And I was like, put your shoes on. Don't run in the sanctuary. And um, something in me tightened up. But in the temple at this time, the children are running around and they're yelling and they're screaming. Hosanna. Even the children knew that something good was happening. Even the children knew that it was a time to celebrate. But the chief priests and the elders were indignant, indignant. And they come to challenge Jesus. And the gist of their challenge is, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are, Jesus? What are you doing? What are you up to? By what authority do you do these things? By what authority can you say these things? They're mad. They've just been thrown out of their own house. And so Jesus tells two parables, and we went over the first parable last week. Um, but the context for our passage, and you can just put the passage back up. The context of our passage is that he tells a parable about a landowner, a vineyard owner, who um, leases out his land to tenants, right? He leases out land to the tenants, and the tenants are working the land, but they're not paying uh, their sh the landowner's share of the profits after they sell their crops. And so the landowner's like, oh, I need to get my share. So he sends person, a couple of servants, three servants. And it says they beat one, stoned one, and whatever, beat the other. And then he sends more people, and they do the same. Clearly a lack of respect, clearly a declaration of, we, we're not with you. And clearly, demonstrating and com communicating a sense of entitlement, right? This is our land. 
forgetting who the owner was. This is our land. We belong here. This is, we keep everything that we earn here. And whoever you send, we're going to do violent action against them. So the landowner thinks to himself, now I'm going to send my son. Surely if I send my very own son, my blood, they'll honor him and they'll pay him, they'll give him respect. But actually the opposite happens. He sends a son and they're like, look, here's the heir of the land. Let's get rid of this guy and then it'll be all ours. And so they do the same to the son. In this parable, the land represents Israel or the people of God, you can say. Right? God's people, God's promises, God's place. And the tenants have forgotten who the owner is. Right? Who the king is, who their lord is. And they've worked the land on their own. Right? This is our land. We'll do as our, we please. And kind of that, that honor and the respect for the owner has completely left. Right? And if you take the scriptures, um, God sent his prophets. Right? In the Old Testament, God sent his prophets. Isaiah, Elijah, Jeremiah, all of these prophets. And many of these prophets died violent deaths. Right? They were rejected. They were unheard. They were not popular. Um, in the New Testament, John the Baptist was beheaded. Right? And Jesus was crucified, um, the Son. And so there's this sense of our ears are blocked. Right? Our minds are not listening. And our hearts are closed off to God, who was the first, right? the initiator, the creator, the one who gave us this very end, the land owner. Right? And it's interesting um, how, how quickly this actually happens in human nature. So even in, in coming to this church, to this building, moving into this building, right? we're so thankful Right? God, is, God has provided this gift. Right? The conference has been generous to let us rent this place and be in this space. Um, but I'm like, oh, this is my office. Right? And I set up myself. Yeah, I love my office. I see, that, I see a wall that I don't like. Oh, let's just break down this wall. Right? That's my wall. This is our church. Right? It's so, so quickly that we become like the sense of ownership, but we forget the gift, amen? And we forget what has gone before us. And what has gone before us? What's gone before us is 70 years of ministry. Martha Lake Covenant Church, people who have prayed in this place and ministered in this place and served in this place, right? What has gone before us, our story, we started in a living room, right, with nothing, a bunch of kids, right? And, and here we are. There's, there's nothing that really that we deserve. There's no, like, merit. Like, we're so, we're an exploding, viable ministry that's, like, kicking butt, right? So we're going to get this building and we're going to, like, like, 
flow out of it. No, it's grace, right? By definition, grace is that which we receive, which we don't deserve from Jesus. It's a gift. And that's what the tenants lost. That sense of God's graciousness, mercy, and and giving the gift. And they forgot to receive that gift. Their hearts turned to a sense of entitlement. This is ours, this is mine. And they forgot the owner. And they disrespected the owner. And so this is what Jesus is essentially, how he's responding to these religious leaders' challenge of his authority. He's saying, this temple, right? These people in in Jerusalem, they are under your care. They're supposed to be your people that God has gifted to you to be stewards of their spiritual, right? Of their worship and their relationship with God. And you've cut off access, right? You've made it hard for people to come. You've spoken bad news, not good news, into people's lives. And here I come, and people are shouting and saying, Hosanna, and you're indignant. You can't even see good when it slaps you on the head, right? Where is your heart if you can't see that? Amen? And our God is a God of love. Right? It's, this passage, while it's about judgment, there's a lot of harsh language afterwards, like cast these tenants out, throw them out. Right? It's really about good news. It's really about how God is a loving God, how God is a gracious God, how God is a good tenant. And he will fight to bring that good news for those he loves, right? And he will be upset. Jesus will overturn tables if the people that God loves are being kept from drinking from God's well. And as a church, we're called to not get in the way of the well, right? But to usher people in, say, look, here, come and drink. Jesus is here. Good news is here. Love is here. Community is here. And this space is a gift, not for us to hoard, right? But it's to be a light to this community, to to open our doors so people can come in, right? And walk in. I grew up, I was reflecting with Janice. You know, I grew up in the immigrant church, and immigrant Korean church. And for, for us, like, the height, you've arrived when you can get a space, maybe in the morning, in an American church, right? <laughs> My dad was a pastor. Like, and that was, like, the goal. Like, let's get, let's, this American church is allowing us to use space to worship. Woohoo! Right? Yes, we've arrived. And when I was first church planning, my dad was like, this is what you do. Go to an American church and ask them if you can use their space. That, right, is the goal. (laughs) And um, so much more. God wants so much more for his people. Right? 
so much more. Um, Jesus says to them, Have you never read in the scripture, the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, the cornerstone. The Lord has done it and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed will be crushed. Isn't that an amazing image? Like, I think it calls to everything in us that likes a comeback story, right? It calls to everything in us that likes a story where the person who's been forgotten or overlooked actually becomes the superstar or the hero. Like, so many movies are built on that. As a kid, I watched the Bad News Bears, right? No one expected this little baseball team who wore shirts sponsored by Chico Bail Bonds, right, to become a championship baseball team, right? But then they do, and you're like, yes, right? A bunch of misfits. And this is what Jesus is talking about. I am the son that that God sent. And you know what? I've known rejection. I will be rejected. I am the stone that the builders rejected when they built their house. And you know what? That house is not the right house. God wants to build his house. God wants to build his church. And Christ, me, the son, will be the chief cornerstone. And then this end part here. Those who land on the stone will be broken but those who the stone lands on will be crushed. Like, what's the difference between landing on a stone and being broken? I was gonna demonstrate it, but I think it would hurt me because that stone is really heavy, right? (laughs) What if I jumped up and dove onto the stone and broke versus I threw the stone on top of my head and got crushed? Like, what's the difference? And I think it's our location, with regards to Jesus Christ, right? If you are running away from Jesus, right, and denying and denying and denying his lordship and denying relationship and denying his desire to heal you, his desire to renew you, his desire to transform you, his desire to do surgery in your heart, actually like precision surgery, and to change the things that are broken, the things that need healing, the things that are harmful uh, in your relationships with other people. If we continue to deny that, deny that, and run, eventually you're just going to run into, into death, right, essentially. But if we run towards, if our posture is that of turning towards Jesus, and surrendering our lives, surrendering our hearts, surrendering our need and our hunger and desire for Jesus. He can work with that, right? You might, you are going to be broken. Jesus is going to break you, but that is so he can heal you and remake you. Amen? And that's, that's what Jesus is talking about. Come to me. If I'm your foundation, 
right? You'll land on me. You'll be broken. Your life is going to be changed, right? It's going to be different if I'm Lord of your life. But guess what? I'm going to build you up into something so much better. Versus run from him. Run from him. You are going to get crushed, right? But it's not a good kind of crush. Um, so where are you in your life today? Where is Jesus as he's calling out to you? And in which direction are you running? Where are the places in your life that need to be broken and renewed? Um, our vision and mission at Renew is that we are renewed by God for the renewal of our neighborhoods. And a lot of times I think we kind of focus on right now, especially as we're launching and thinking about being missional and inviting the neighborhood. We're very thinking about, oh, how can we renew the neighborhood? How can we be about the renewal of our neighborhoods? But we can't forget that first, or maybe hand in hand with that is, that we are renewed by God, right? That we need to be renewed by God. Otherwise, we're just on fumes, like trying, doing activity. God wants to renew each and every one of you. And I know a lot of us are tired. And when we go to sleep at night, there are things that make us sad or that give us worry. We have anxiety. We're busy. We, are, we feel trapped in a stupid job. Right? Or our family relationships are struggling. Me personally, uh, I'm yelling at my son a lot more. I'm like, I stop. Why am I yelling at my son? Right? And then you, you, those moments where you stop yourself and you're like, I sound like my mom <laughs> right now. I never wanted to be like my mom, but I sound like my mom yelling at Isaiah. Right? <laughs> what is that? God wants to, and I see a, you know, the other day I yelled at him, and Isaiah rarely cries, actually. And he just started crying. And he said, why are you being so mean to me? <laughs> I just got crushed inside. And I'm like, oh, it's like he's internalizing it. And, uh, but God wants to heal those things. God wants me to be a better father. God wants our home to be a more godly home. Amen? And we need to land on the rock. And so we're going to bring this stone that I rejected because it was in my way.
to do that. And there's no cards behind the connection cards. You can use the connection cards, but they're printed in color and they're like 25 cents per copy. So it's like divided by six. It's like a lot more expensive than no cards. But anyway, <laughs> here, people. Uh, but like, uh, you can feel free to write on the card what needs, what needs to be broken in my life and put upon Jesus. And bring those things, Erica will play some music, and you can bring those things and put it on top of the rock. 